Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Welcome to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez. I'm Spy Gaskin. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, we are social distancing ourselves today and using the technology my boyfriend's podcast uses to reco- record remotely. It's our first not face-to-face podcast. Hey, Taylor. What's up? Hi, Alyssa. How many times have you washed your hands today? Oh, today already four times. What's your hand-washing song? Now it's Lizzo's uh, Truth Hurts. Ooh, I love this. I've been singing the um, Rita Ora Who Weekly song, which is a very niche song to have in my head, but it's exactly like 25 seconds. I was singing Happy Birthday for days, and then I was like, I can't keep doing this. I'll go insane. And actually, Ryan Seacrest on the radio played a bunch of song options that are good and i picked lizzo out of that list thank god for ryan seacrest truly if he gets corona like i'll end myself yeah i mean like (laughs) the hardest working man in hollywood has been there for us on kiss kiss fm since high school thank you so much ryan thanks ryan um all right well what a week we have final bachelor episode to talk about today and it was a real fucking doozy yeah thank god for this escapism people because the bachelor finale really has been helping with the panic and wow am i targeting so much of my like pent up negative energy into wanting to just murder Barb. I know. <laughs> um, let's start out by uh, recounting the harshest thing I've ever heard a mom say about the woman her son is dating, which is he's gonna have to fail to succeed. <laughs> Um, absolutely bananas fucking crazy also like if I was Peter I'd be extremely pissed off that my mom said that to me to the woman I'm dating uh, right to her face on national television that was an awful moment it's really wild and didn't you get the sense that Barb was just not team Maddie and not team Peter but just team Hannah Ann yeah it was like she was applauding Hannah Ann more than she was being reasonable with her own son yeah Hannah Ann was like you've got to become a real man and Barb clapped and I was like what am I watching and the bachelors knew the bachelors the producers knew how infuriating it was because Barb had a whole Barb cam on her the entire finale she was freaking out she had a new haircut i don't know she wore a tube top in australia which i did enjoy and that's maybe the only nice thing i can say about her i will say though it looked it gave me like swimsuit cover-up vibes yeah that's very true i don't know she was like pissed that i'm not sure what went on behind the scenes i can't imagine madison did that much to really piss them off i mean she just wanted to have a reasonable conversation with peter about her feelings and Barb was like, we waited for three hours. And I'm like, yeah, it's a production. Sometimes you have to wait. Like, you don't even know if that was technically Madison's fault. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah, the little, like, production kid in me was like, there's no way it was actually Maddie's fault. And it's just so strange to me that Barb is, like, dying on the hill of Hannah being so perfect. I hated how much they called her perfect because there is no such thing as being perfect, my mom says. And it's just, it's, it's like... I get if you have your own separate beef because you think that Maddie is too different from Peter and you want to make that argument and that's fine. But all Hannah did, and I don't mean to slam Hannah, is show up and like be pretty and like polite. Yeah. And now Barb is like, this is the fucking best woman on earth and she's in love with you. She gave you her whole heart. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I don't know. And she, the thing I do think that the mom liked about Hannah Ann is when they first met and Peter, like, put his arm around her, she got teary-eyed. And so I, I, I obviously think that the mom is big on crying, and I think she uses it in a manipulative way. Um, Peter has been programmed to think that people who cry in front of him are people who really care about him which is just like such a fucking crazy way to live your life (laughs) i do feel like all of america was like oh now i get get it it. yeah we like unlocked the key to peter i sort of feel look i don't think he's a good guy i don't think he's this good guy that everyone's been um portraying him as which is interesting because every time somebody's the bachelor it really like makes them it puts them in a situation where they're unlikable. Um, but I do think that we understood more of where this like misguided um, inability to let people down comes from because his mom is like, 
holding on to him so tight. I mean, he lives at home and she she doesn't want him to date someone who won't allow him to like go to the Canyon Club on Fridays and Saturdays anymore. Like that's crazy. Bizarre. She made it abundantly clear that all she wants is a girl to physically and emotionally suck her son's dick, which yeah. is such a weird thing to try to get. It's like, Yeah, it's, it's also so like strange. there's worse things in life than falling in love with somebody who doesn't drink who's into a different religion and like seeing them as your partner for the rest of your life and making sacrifices for them. Like it's a relationship. Everybody has to compromise just because I, I literally think she was like you and Hannah Ann will move into the guest room in Westlake village and mm-hmm. <laughs> she'll stay here and hang out with me when you're working as a pilot and it's going to be great. And like, I- I'm sorry. That's just insane. It's savage to say, but I do think that Peter's mom saw that Peter loved Hannah, but was not in love with Hannah. Right. And that Hannah was kind of devoted to him and very easygoing and saw that he was in love with Maddie and willing to make sacrifices for her and feeling a little confused about it and doesn't want her son to love his wife more than he loves his mom. Yeah. And also she probably saw that Madison has not that Hannah Ann doesn't have principles. That's not what I'm trying to say. But in this situation, Madison had more things that she needed to have difficult conversations about her preferences um, for. And she, I think his mom saw, oh, this is a woman I can't control and I can probably control Hannah Ann. Now, after all this played out, I do think Hannah Ann like proved herself to be like a very strong, well-spoken woman as well. But I think that was the mom's read on the situation. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. Um, She's such a manipulative attention whore i'll say it because i can be that at my worst times and i think barb is such an attention whore yeah i think she loved it how cringeworthy was it when she was like and believe me i've been getting a lot of love in my dms i know it's also like she was so obviously like pulling on the jacket of peter's dad being like you better say what i told you to say (laughs) you know like it was great i don't know it was insane also where was jet and jack he wasn't in the audience wasn't he so funny on monday night uh, Peter's brother when they kind of obviously forced him to have yeah. this one-on-one where he had to ask his brother if he would be okay not having sex until marriage. Oh my god. He was like I doesn't really um sound like you. Uh, <laughs> is, are you sure that's actually like something you want? And he's like all nervous and fidgety and I'm like this poor boy has had to have the worst conversation ever with his brother on national TV. It's also like by the way a loophole if you guys have ever been to like BYU or talked to anybody in a student population of a college where like many people are saving themselves from marriage like uh you can get married real fucking fast and then just have sex whenever you want yeah like, it's that's not such a big deal <laughs> and then the, the bachelor franchise people get married within a matter of months like yeah. he would be able to hold off for a couple months yeah like it's totally fine they can figure it out they've obviously overcome a lot and like the other thing that struck me as weird too was like Peter was saying, like, she hurt me. I hurt her. I'm like, what did she do to you besides ask you not to fuck a girl you weren't going to marry? Like, what did she do? I think it ended up becoming he is holding it against her that she withheld saying I love you. Yeah, that I guess was so. Like, and that was the bar, one of Barb's arguments, too, is like, well, she wouldn't say that she was in love with you. She wouldn't say she loved you. Um, and I think. That was, but that was all Maddie being like, listen, I'm trying to protect my heart and I'm also trying to be honest and I I don't want to be in love with you if this is the way it's all going down. So I'm going to try not to lean into it. And then, of course, at the end, she's like, I can't help it. I'm so in love with him. Yeah, I think this idea that, look, obviously relationships should be easy for the most part. However, it doesn't mean that people don't have complicated situations where they get into being in a serious relationship with somebody. I mean, I think it's good that she stood up for herself and she left and it proved that Peter's feelings for her really were that strong because if she hadn't done that, I think somewhere down the line, it would have like eaten her alive that she just basically caved on everything she believed in. You know what I mean? Like, so I think... I think that while the situation is going to be tough between his family and her, I do think she played it the right way for herself. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And um, speaking of, how fun was it to see Hannah Ann stand up for herself? Oh, so fun. I was like, where was this the entire season? This was yeah, great. She did I was such a really good job. I was really stoked. I thought that she was going to come in, get dumped, have a beautiful like tear fall down her gorgeous face, and then like walk out and be sad. And she got angry and she got angry after listening to him she like listened to him very calmly 
And then she was like, okay, is it my fucking turn to talk now, Peter? And just made so many spectacular points, things I hadn't yeah. even thought of. I mean, because I don't really take the proposal seriously. Right. But if it was me, I loved that Hannah was like, I'm sorry, you took a- away my first proposal. Yeah. That's gone for me now. Like, And for what? Just so you can have, you could feel like you finished the season. You never wanted to propose to me. You, uh, Why did you do this to me this whole time? I loved it. I was cheering at my TV. I thought she was excellent. I thought it was um, really interesting because usually it's like, whose side are you on, this girl's side or that girl's side? I was on both of their sides. I was like, mm-hmm. Peter's fucked up this whole situation. He's not a good guy. He should have just been more upfront and honest with everybody. He should not have contacted Hannah Ann's family. That's fucking insane. Like, just yeah. let it lie. Like, you can't just... You can't make yourself feel less less guilty by trying to like smooth things over with everybody who's been involved with this. Sometimes it's like you just made a mistake and you got to apologize and you got to like give space to people. You exactly. Know? I've seen this so many and I, I understand this instinct because I felt it before. But I I hate when people are apologizing and then it crosses the line between from being for them, the pers- for them yeah. and then being a selfish thing. It go like he's keeping Hannah Ann there and like pulling her arm back into the room because he feels bad because he feels guilty and he wants to say he's sorry so many times that she eventually just goes it's okay it's whatever it's fine yeah she's and I love that Hannah's like we're done I'm done I'm leaving and I'm leaving mad yeah and he's like no please just I never saw it happen like fuck you dude like you said sorry fine you get two points for that but you don't get to just (laughs) sit here and collect all the rest of them and profusely apologize. And we've seen that with him, with both of them, both girls of just begging them to stay, making them cry, like but by trying to play a good guy card. And it really ends up being like kind of manipulative. And I thought we point, saw where he learned it from. Barb. Yeah, I thought her point, too, of being like, you told me to trust you. You told me to put my faith in you this entire process. And I did. Mm-hmm. And so it's like in this situation where everyone's getting so mad at Madison because it's like, you know what you signed up for? Well, here's the thing. The Bachelor has to hold up their end of the bargain and be honest about how they really feel and not just pick the person that's left because they're the only person that's left. Like, they aren't actually serious about them. And I thought Hannah Ann did a great job articulating that. I think in a world where people also slam reality TV for uh, constantly spotlighting, like, brawls between women and, like, really unruly kind of nasty fights, it was so fun to see... Maddie not take the bait from Barb and she was like I am not going to say anything negative about the family members of someone I love yeah I'm just going to move forward and Hannah Ann was also a class act and she didn't say anything about Madison she made about her and Peter and I thought that was very classy I also feel like sometimes I don't know what people mean when they're like try to be gracious and I thought watching Madison deal with Peter's mom was like the definition of being gracious you know yes and how cool that we got to see I mean she's one of the non-professional beauty queens yeah and it was fun to see just a regular person be uh, have a little beauty queen moment of like just smiling and being classy yeah she's like look I'm not gonna say anything negative about Peter's family but I disagree with your assessment of the situation yeah like that's all you need to say dude we totally get it yeah that was awesome um I also don't think that the bachelor should make a woman in a white silk gown and heels walk through the fucking dirt in the Australian outback. But that's a conversation that for another insane? time. It probably, first of all, ruined the dress. And it yeah. was, but I, I felt I was so with her when she got to the end and she walked up to Peter and he was like, you look so beautiful. And he's getting all emotional. And she <laughs> looks at him and goes, that was a long walk. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like, I can't get a fucking rug or can we pick up the shot from yeah. halfway through? Like, what's going on here? She was like, how, what the fuck? That was so long of me just walking here. I also loved her, like, very obvious element of surprise when he did propose. She was like, what? All right. Cool. Yeah. She's like, it's me? And, like, now I, and I could see her anger, too, later on being like, oh, you made a fool of me. Yeah. Like, I, I knew I was right. I should have trusted my gut. And you made a fool of me on national TV. Yeah, I feel like in a season where we thought everyone was the villain, all the women came out looking great, and Peter came out looking terrible, and Peter's mom ended up being the villain. (laughs) Yeah, dude. What a surprise ending. All right, should we talk about Real Housewives of New Jersey? Yeah. Okay. Um, Loving the hair clips. 
I knew uh, you were going to say that. Loving Teresa's like sort of old Hollywood sparkly, you know, double hairpin on the side of her head. And then also loving, even though Jen is acting like a psycho in this reunion, her rainbow like chain that's hooked into her hair. It's very beautiful. It's very like leveling up a hair wrap, I think. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that. It's very glamorous. I would love to have one. Maybe you could wear one to the next premiere of uh, season two of Dame. (laughs) (laughs) I just might. Uh, I also loved that, and I we've sort of talked about this before. I mean, there's been like conversations around anti-Semitism on the sh- on Real Houses of New Jersey based on how the one Jewish housewife Jackie's being treated. I've been like weighing in on this as someone who's Jewish as well. Um, Teresa though said that she wanted to date a Jewish guy, and I thought that was like so sweet and funny, even though it is sort of like a weird stereotype that Jewish men make the best husbands. I don't think you can say that about any one group of people, but I'm here for it. You I know? knew you would be. I was like, Alyssa's probably cheering at her television <laughs> like it's the fucking NBA finals. I thought it was, and it was so just like cute and innocent of her just being like, okay, so my first husband was Italian. Yeah. So my next husband should be Jewish. She's like, I've heard they're great. I'm like, you know what? You broaden your horizon and get out there with some Jewish guys, Teresa. She does need to broaden her horizon. The fact that, like, the next person she dated was supposedly Tony the pool boy who she went to high school with. Yeah. Which I also don't want to knock because I think he's very hot. Yeah. But it's like, girl, Teresa, the the world is your oyster. I mean, not now that we're all quarantined and maybe dying. But before, when they recorded this <laughs> finale, the world was her oyster pre-coronavirus. Yeah, I also thought it was an interesting peek into, like, the way she was raised because people give her so much shit for being stupid. And she straight up said, like, my dad was very strict and I wasn't allowed to go to college because I was supposed to get married right away and start having kids. And, I, you know, I don't think that people realize that, like, some people families are still very old school like that in America. And I think it's pretty admirable that she's accomplished as much as she has as a businesswoman on this show, you know? Yeah. Considering how much she wasn't encouraged to be formally educated. Yeah. It also explains why she doesn't know who Charlie Manson is. (laughs) Yeah, I know. They were like, you don't know who Charlie Manson is. She's no, I love her just admitting like I, I have a bad habit of sometimes if something comes up in a conversation and I don't know what it is, I like kind of nod along and try to figure it out later. Mm -hmm. Last night I admitted to Tony that I've never ever in my life asked what an acronym was. Like if someone (laughs) just says an acronym in the middle of a sentence, I'll be like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." And I never know what it is. I'm way too embarrassed. So I love when Teresa gets called out for not knowing things on the show. She'll be like, no, who is that? Like, what is that? Like, what what are you talking about? And everyone's like, oh, my God, this girl. And she's like, what? Explain it. Yeah, tell me. Just tell me what it is. And you're like, I love that. I need to I need to take a little note from her and She's kind of be better. Unapologetically at that. who she is, you know? Talk about too the first time I've ever had a negative thought about no no. I know. I'm like, no no, come on, let your girls go to college. I it's know. I wanna think that he's like reformed now. You know, he seems like a good grandpa. Yeah. He's I love seen no the no. errors of his way. <laughs> Um, and he'll probably be dead soon anyway, so it doesn't really matter. No, but Gia is going to college, so it's all good. We we skipped one generation of women getting educated, and we're picking up, you know? Oh, we're for picking sure. up with the next. I um, think there's definitely a little bit of, like, and at, at college, you're going to find uh, a nice boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> But that's sure. a step, at least, in the right direction. She's going to college. Yeah, she totally could have married Frankie Catania, but that's not how it went. So I'm like, oh, you know what? Man. I feel like every generation, we're just getting better and better. Great if job. I had the opportunity to marry Frankie Catania, no <laughs> questions asked, <laughs> Alyssa. <laughs> you would what? You would? You would? I don't care him? about any quarantines. <laughs> I would make my fucking way to Jersey. You're like, I'll climb that like a fucking him. tree. <laughs> <laughs> He but okay, Gia, I guess go to college. And Delor- we love Dolores, so she would be a great mother-in-law. Yeah, if Dolores was my mother-in-law, oh, oh wow. She's great. <laughs> um, okay, so Vanderpump Rules this week. Tom Schwartz, Katie Maloney, not married. Uh, after all the effort that Katie put into this relationship to try to force a proposal out of this man, she made the grave error of allowing him to be in charge of the marriage certificate because she wanted him to put some effort into the wedding planning. And surprise, fucking surprise, Tom Schwartz doesn't know where it is and never filed it. And I'm sitting over here like, there's a million things that you can be in charge of for a wedding. 
China, table seating, like napkin rings, flowers, DJ. Put him in charge of the fucking DJ. Why did you make him in charge of the thing that says you're actually legally entitled to half the money he's going to fucking make from TomTom, you fucking idiot? (laughs) Yeah, it's really bananas. And it had me wondering how... Uh, common this issue is because I've talked a little bit with my brother and sister-in-law who were married uh, a couple years ago about just like kind of the um, annoying difficulty of the marriage certificate of the name change of all of that it's kind of like your DMV issues but times 12 and I do wonder how many people get married and then they're like uh this is just too much of a to do but it's not where it's ultimately it's going to be worth it because of your tax situation which is like and like health insurance, does yeah. she have her own health insurance? Like, yeah, do they, is I don't she think having so. any of the benefits of being <laughs> legally married? How did they buy this house? I just think like, look, if you're in a relationship where it's healthy and everything's 50-50 and you don't feel the need to like file paperwork, like that's totally fine. That's your prerogative. But that is not the relationship that they have presented on Vanderbump Rules, no. you know? Like it very much seems like she had to twist this motherfucker's arm and give him an ultimatum to get married. And like, it's just. I, and now they're not I don't married. Know. Yeah, it's so insane. And they're um, like, well, we're married in each other's eyes. And it's like, okay. She's, well. He's like, Katie doesn't care. I'm like, Katie's going to fucking care when she's not entitled to any of your shit when you go fuck another girl again. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, they've entered now common law marriage rights, right? I'm sure. I Seven don't know. years of living together, but, but that, that's still not, like, you're not protected. Just put it on that, paper. Yeah. Who knows? I Don't even leave it up to chance. You guys I don't must know. have so much free time now that you don't have real jobs. Yeah. And you, you're not even you doing film. pucker and pout. <laughs> like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, also, Dana had a little confrontation with Max this week. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Living he was up caught to his cheating name. on her, and yeah. then she confronted him in such a pragmatic, stoic, badass bitch way that I am so envious of, and I would like to also take a note out of her, a page from her book. Um, she invited him over. She was like, "Hey, how's it going? Do you have anything you need to tell me?" And he was like, "No." And she had the Instagram profile pulled up of this girl in his shirt, and it was like, "So you are also not having sex with this girl." And he was like, uh, uh, no. And then dropped all of the worst fuckboy <laughs> lingo ever, saying that was a girl I was, quote unquote, talking to. She just moved here and I needed to, like, wean her. What did he say? Temper her yeah, off taper of me? Her off. Taper, taper her, her off. Taper her off. Like, <laughs> so in order to gently let this girl know the horrible news that she won't be able to have sex with you max you have to hang out with her alone several times while you're dating somebody else that's what you have to do that's what you owe her that's like a charitable thing you're doing fuck you i in dana's shoes and i've been in dana's shoes have been i would cry i would i would want them to listen to like how long I, how, how upset I was through like a long monologue. I've written an email. I've been like, you should read this email. Like, and it's just been an email walking through. It was a list of points. It was like one, two, three, four of like how you're a piece of shit and you fucked me over. And Dana was just like, great. Then this is the end of this, right? Okay, cool. Let me go get your necklace. Gets his necklace, <laughs> dips it in the toilet, dips it in kitty litter, gives it back to him, and is like, bye. And I was like, yes, I love this. And she's like, I feel a little better knowing that he'll be wearing a poopy necklace at work. Yes. Disgusting. But honestly, iconic. Great job, Dana. Way I to, think like, it was really... so great. In yeah. a show and like in a show where we usually see like really messy arguments and like people crying and upset and I love that and I'm here for it it was nice to be reminded that like in that situation where you're made to feel shitty you can take the power back Mm -hmm. in that confrontation and just like be very logical and grounded and be like okay well fuck you you need to go yeah loved it I thought she did an excellent job I think the theme of this week is that um men if you're torn between multiple girls or you're not sure how to let someone down it's better to just cut your losses and be straight up with them and not feel like you have to draw everything out and like see if you can create feelings for somebody that were never there because like ultimately you're gonna get fucked over even worse if you get caught doing that and can we all stop calling the women in these scenarios dramatic it's like this week is also such a good lesson that boys are such pot stirrers and they drag things out longer than they need to it's like this never would have happened if you just were honest and straightforward and direct which you accuse women of not being and you're not being that yeah well Uh. let's just say 
we love we love boys and we get that dating is hard but <laughs> take a lesson from all the things we're talking about and just like and just cut your losses and then maybe later on if there's still respect there you can circle back if the other thing didn't work out exactly that's such much a better good point it's such a good point because it's letting things crash and burn Not out good. of and saying it's for the interest of the other party makes no sense yeah it's we insane. saw it with hannah ann we're seeing it with dana and with this other girl from san diego that max is tapering off of him yeah like he's some sort of drug I'm like, like i'm pretty sure that gorgeous woman can go find another guy just like you to mm. have sex to have casual sex with yeah like, she's, she's gonna, gonna be, be fine okay um anyway this week we have like such an exciting episode we're gonna be talking about captain sandy from below deck med and we brought in two extreme pros who i'm good friends with john gonzalez from the ringer he hosts heat check um, and Colleen Wolf, his wife, who's an NFL reporter as well. Um, so they came on to discuss all of this with us. Uh, thanks for bearing with us in this scary time of coronavirus. I hope our podcast is giving you guys something, you know, a bright spot on your day. And uh, we are not sure how the audio is going to play out on this. So, so sorry <laughs> if it's fucked up. We will get the hang of it. Um, this is true. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy our talk with John and Colleen because they're the fucking best. Yes. And we worship Captain Sandy forever. Yes. Bye. Bye. Hi guys, today we have my two very good friends, our first married uh, podcast guests, uh, John Gonzalez, Heat Check host uh, and staff writer for The Ringer, and Colleen Wolf, NFL Network host for Thursday Night Football. Very fancy credits we have here, you guys. This is wonderful. Thanks for having us. Um, also, very good dog parents of Dasher and Blitzen, who we've talked about on this podcast extensively. Mm -hmm. These are extremely well-behaved dogs. I use them exa as examples <laughs> to other people for how their dogs should be expected yeah, to Yeah, when behave. we talk about human behavior, yeah. that's who she cites. She's yeah. like, well, this is a story about Dasher. One dog is more uh, is better behaved than the other. Sure. Though. Blitzen is a more of a rule follower than Dasher, <laughs> but Dasher makes up with it with his charisma. So he does. <laughs> <laughs> like everyone just let Dasher do whatever he wants. <laughs> um I want to start by saying so, so today we're going to talk about Below Deck Med and specifically Captain Sandy, which a lot of people have asked us to do an episode about her, so I'm very excited to have you guys talking about it. Um you guys are not reality buffs i would say that you specifically enjoy this show which i find very interesting yeah um you we've had conversations before but i'm not really into uh like we watched one episode of the bachelor i know you and mike are big bachelor yes. people uh we watched maybe like 15 seconds of it it was when aaron <laughs> Rodgers' brother was on yeah. and he was yeah. yes. making out with a woman on top of a horse that was prone yes <gasps> and both of us were like what's happening that here? wasn't that was enough to get you into the bachelor that was the exact yeah. opposite wow, wow yeah i yeah. would have been hooked so yeah. one time when i was babysitting their dogs when they were out of town for a while <laughs> i set their um dvr to record like every single housewives <laughs> franchise and yes. john legitimately thought it was a joke he was like lol you guys very funny and i was like no no this my real life yeah uh yeah and i left them on there just to see if you guys would like click through them uh from curiosity but no i failed we didn't uh but so our buddy dave the greek mm -hmm. uh who you guys know uh everybody knows dave the greek of course uh <laughs> he's he's big into bravo and i was at his house one day and he said oh you know i like this show below deck med he's of course greek hence dave the greek mm -hmm. and they were in greece for the med of that season and I was like I'm not gonna watch this show that's that's not my bag I watched uh, one episode mm -hmm. which led to us binging the entire season and I and Colleen is also not really on board with reality TV and had a similar skepticism initially mm -hmm. yeah and watched one episode and now we've watched all of them I like wow. I dabbled a little with Southern Charm right I watched right. like two episodes I was trying to get into it and then I just realized that I'm really just a below deck med person. That's it mm -hmm. for me. But mm. I will say that 
there are so many people I run into that are also below deck med people. Like people oh, yeah, that I would not heads. expect. People I work with, a lot of the former players wow. are. Like on Thursday Night Football, Joe Thomas, one of the guys oh, I work with, go. he loves it. <laughs> a bunch of the showrunners love it. So we all will debrief about it too. It's great. Oh, Brings people so together. Fun. I love that. By the way, Joe, funny story about Joe Thomas. We went out with him for your birthday and he sat in like a very <laughs> tiny couch booth <laughs> at Elefante in Santa Monica and he was a really good sport about it mm -hmm. he's like a giant man Aww. and he was like crunched up in the corner i feel like he makes a lot of places and chairs yeah. and seats though look very tiny because he's so tall yeah so for big. sure for sure um so what do you feel specifically about this show grabbed you guys compared to other reality shows so part of it was uh for me initially like i said that first season that i watched with dave we have gone to greece with dave a couple times mm -hmm. so i have an affection for Greece. Mm -hmm. uh, and their pistachios. And their <laughs> pistachios. They have very special pistachios yeah. there. Uh, I recommend everybody go just John for the pistachios. John is a pistachio mule. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> we peddle pistachios <laughs> back from Greece. But uh, I think it's like that sort of voyeurism about um, like these extravagant scenes and vacations that uh, only the, mm -hmm. the hyper-wealthy Bloomberg camp can afford. Right. Uh, so you get to live vicariously through the crew that can also not afford it. Mm -hmm. It's a lot like of fun. A, it's a travel show, but it's also the drama of like the, the crew. And yeah, sort of like the spoils of being rich, like what these people mm -hmm. get to do. Which, by the way, yes. I went on a yacht <gasps> and had a crew. Oh and my I had god! Dinner, and it was amazing. Where with did you go on this yacht, Colleen? With Joe Thomas. With Joe Thomas. <laughs> At in Miami, the Super Bowl. And it oh was my god! Across the street from, I guess you say a boat's parked, docked. The it was docked yeah. across the street <laughs> from Fountain Blue, and so we were just like watching all of the people coming in and out of like the nightclub there and they had a full like i felt like i was on below deck i was mm -hmm. like oh, okay cool like you're the hannah when oh. i got on board and they were, like, were oh, you like okay you. be real with me who's fucking who i that's all i wanted to know <laughs> that's all i wanted to know and like we got we had dinner and then the chef came up oh, wow. and like talked to like told us oh about all of the dishes and I was like this I never thought that I would be involved in a yacht scene yeah. and yeah. hey it was really she's sending so me awesome. videos it looks so amazing like her and Joe Thomas and the people who own the boat I think won the Kentucky Derby a yeah. few years back and they were showing her sure. not the people the horse yeah uh, but they own the <laughs> horse and the boat uh, and she was sending me videos of like the chef preparing things it looked incredible wow yeah. what did you guys have we had to eat it was some type of I, I missed the appetizer I was late for that which I was very upset about but it was some type of fish like I think turbo of some sort and then there were Brussels sprouts there was some type of like au jus or some type of glaze involved mm -hmm. and then a ridiculous dessert like I don't even I, I like blacked out by that point so they had a better chef than this homophobic Putin loving uh. Mila that they had on <laughs> below deck bed who couldn't execute nachos pancakes or regular uh, cake the that food is she wild. made looks so disgusting <laughs> and I eat like a child tacos. oh yeah the top and then S Sandy walking in and being like that's the crew dinner, right? <laughs> and she's like, no, it's for the guests. And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. This looks disgusting. She put steaks in the microwave. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, cool. she was god awful. And then she was so sassy back. Oh, yeah. So sassy back. But she also uh, produced one of our favorite moments of that season when Travis yelled at her. Uh, and said that she was an absolute oxygen thief, yeah. which is a line oh. that Colleen now uses in our life. Oh, oh I love oxygen that. thief. Yeah. And I use it. Yeah, that it was is amazing. good. One it of the good. interesting things that I didn't know, because I'm not, um, I just started watching the show so we could talk about it with you guys, but uh, so I'm not well versed in all the characters, but um, Captain Sandy like handled that whole situation with her with such grace mm -hmm. and, and empathy. And she is dating a woman and so when like this chef basically saying like i don't think home people should be dating the same sex or be in public kissing the same sex or anything like that's such a hard spot to be in as a captain and i thought i don't know i thought she handled it like very well <laughs> captain sandy is my north star yeah like, i think that like i want to <laughs> i want her to be my captain in life yeah. and just tell me what to do uh, i think like that situation was a good example the way that she you know her and hannah had a little a little heat, uh, but I think with the rest of the crew, she's like incredible. She's great with uh, the the guests. Uh, she <laughs> somehow 
parked a giant yacht in a very narrow space. Very which tiny I have yeah. no slip. idea how very she did that. Very tiny slip. I mean, yeah. That's a huge Her flex. parking skills are incredible. But she's Unparalleled. just she's good at her she's job. She's a really amazing leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even you look at when they got rid of Mila mm-hmm. and they elevated Anastasia and Sandy was like, I want you to own the galley. Like, yeah. I want you yeah. to do this. Like, go be a boss and go show us. And, and yeah, and she really said. didn't really work out in the end, but she gave her the opportunity, which I think was the most important thing. For sure. And in her talking head, she was like, sometimes people just need that extra belief. So even do I totally believe in her? Like 90%, <laughs> but she's like, I she needs to hear that I do. Yeah. Like that's gonna help her right now more than me also expressing doubt. Because when I first saw that scene and she did, she uh, promoted her. I was like, oh no, she's not qualified. Yeah. Uh, but that made total sense as a leader to be like, no, you could do this. Believe in yourself. Let's try a charter. And she did pretty great because of it. I read an interview that she basically said my leadership style is showing everyone who's working for me that I genuinely care about them. And so if they mess up and I have to discipline them, they know it's because I care about them. And I think that's like such a unique like way to manage people, not mm-hmm. with fear, not with like fake niceties, just being like, look, man, I want you to be your best self. I want you to learn. I want you to learn as much as like you want to learn. But if you're going to be fucking lazy, like Jack, who seems to be just like sunbathing all the time, <laughs> or, like <laughs> looking at all these women, hammered yeah, too, just mm-hmm. truly like not able to put his hair in a ponytail for 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> you know, when she's like, hey, man, like you got to do better. It's like, all right, I, I respect that. <laughs> you know? What an incredible season. Like all those things that you just rattled off. It was I mean, such a fun season. Right? Yeah. 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 June and Mila. And yeah. June though was only June was like a, June a was placeholder. Got June got rid of herself, although and then she also produced a great moment because we had June June Hannah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. June which, June Hannah. Which <laughs> June June Hannah. June June Hannah Colin turned into like a rap song. Have you seen this? Oh my god, no! Yeah, so Colin, uh, one of the deckhands, also has like a side music career, and you know he wanted to go home and all this stuff. And yes, he was, like, r- yes. Willing to sacrifice himself, and they talked him, talked him out of it. But yes, uh, post this season, he turned that whole June June Hannah meme into like. Uh, an actual song yeah like a like a semi-rap song oh my god we're gonna have to play that um i also feel like it's hard just generally being the person who has to fire somebody in so many places i've worked where it's like we'll just let them kind of flame out we're not actually gonna fire them but for sandy to be like no i take pride in my work and i'm (laughs) not gonna have someone who's like not up to par fucking up these you know charters um, I think is really unique. And I feel like she put uh, Joelle in a good spot, too. Yes, like she, made she Joelle let him park really the boat. Or what did he do? So Dock the boat? <laughs> I've watched a whole season. I still know nothing about boats. But yeah, she's like, I think that it shows, too, that this culture is so, like, status involved and there's like so much uh, ego that goes into these positions on these yachts. And so for Sandy to be like, no, come, I will hands-on let you dock the fucking gigantic yacht this time like how like it, that's an amazing way to teach because it seems like there's not a lot of like real teaching how do you right. think you do with that docking a boat i'm a really good parallel parker Ooh, that's you guys do you have a giant car for no reason in los angeles <laughs> 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 and it just rumbles around we have a stick too oh like man do you yeah, wrangler it's crazy it's like well, a then car you'd that you be would great. drive on a vacay in hawaii but like <laughs> in la i'm like this is inhibiting a lot of it's, things yeah. it's yeah. a lot you would be so spectacular then my parents had a 1979 lincoln continental and it was like the largest model lincoln that lincoln ever created and <gasps> like we would my with the dad, suicide doors right it didn't wow. have the suicide doors but i think I think it was the same size as the uh. one with the suicide doors. It was like in that Coolio video where everybody was like getting <laughs> out of the Lincoln. And Her parents were in that video. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you think your dad saw the That's Coolio video? That's where I was video? born, was like, in the Lincoln. <laughs> That's really funny. Um, what I was wondering, I was looking at all the jobs on the show and wondering like what I would prefer to do. Because even like Anastasia, when she got promoted from what? Third stew to Third co- chef, chef. She was like, this is too much pressure. What jobs do you guys think you would like? Including captain. You could pick captain as well. Ooh. There's like... I would not want to be a deckhand. That just feels no. like way too much. Yeah. I would definitely be in the interior. I feel like I'd be a good, like, I'd be a good Hannah. Yeah. I like table decor, so I would work well, I think, with Sandy. Mm-hmm. You're it's good with big, people. It's a big thing for people. her. Like, if the tables are not set right, yeah. if there's not white glove service, like, I think that I would nail that. Yeah. 
I like to cook, so either chef or or deckhand. Oh, cool! You'd yeah. be a good chef. Yeah, wow. I, th- I think that that'd probably be the one that I would pick. I, I like to be in the kitchen anyway, so yeah. That and would he's work good with me. timing. Like he's very. I'm very regimented. She likes stuff, to make fun so of he me. Would like he would have the timing down perfect. <laughs> yeah, I, I I like to uh, schedule things and like be on <laughs> yeah be on a, a an agenda. Colin calls calls it agenda John. Oh, there you uh, go. So <laughs> yeah, that'd be John. good. Yeah. I feel like that little monitor where they watch if the guests are like eating or not, and mm-hmm. to know when to bring out the next course would just like. Give me a fucking heart attack. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're literally like, take a bite of the appetizer. Yeah. <laughs> like, the foam is dying. <laughs> like, oh, God. These It's so hard to, co- I know, it's so hard to, <laughs> they're doing everything they can to manage these rich, 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 drunk yeah. people. Like, they get so drunk. Their yeah. expectations are so high because they're on this boat. And then they all a lot of their uh, prep sheets will be like, I must always have a drink in hand. Yeah. And you're like, yikes. Well, that one dude Johnny Damon. That, that said yeah. alcohol now. Alcohol, <laughs> yeah, I need <laughs> alcohol now. And Can they were we, like, oh, boy. Let's talk about Johnny Damon. Yes. Uh, Taylor was telling me some very salacious stories about him from his personal life. Oh, really? yeah. Well, I was telling her about um, his having sex with a nurse in a hospital closet while his wife was giving birth to their baby. Did you guys know that that happened? Yeah. (laughs) It's like in his book. What? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, uh, did you read Johnny Damon's book? (laughs) (laughs) No, under no circumstances I read Johnny Damon's book. Uh, my dad is a huge Yankees fan, and okay. we lived in New England for a long time. And so we, he had like always hated, hated, hated Johnny Damon, and was like collecting all of the data about why he was garbage. <laughs> and then when he came to the Yankees, my dad was so conflicted. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just I remember that story sticking in my head so vividly. And then I did do research about it, and it was interesting because his wife at the time was like very private about everything. And when they got divorced, she stayed very private. And then he started coming forward with all of these crazy stories. And she was like, oh, now you're breaking the terms of our agreement. I'm going to come forward with some crazy ass stories. And so it became like very contentious post-divorce about how they were talking to the press about his cheating on her. But that story always like stayed so viscerally in my mind about him like <laughs> fucking nurse. I mean, I could believe it. I don't, I don't know a lot about Johnny Damon except for what I saw on Below Deck and Med. And he's a sloppy fucking mess. What did he do? I mean, like he's all, all, all he does the entire time is get hammered and then like uh, they almost, his crew, his crew, and I mean like his people that yeah. he brought on the boat, almost got in a fight with some other sloppy American who also owned a yacht who was yeah. that member that they bring oh. him over and they're like arguing wow. and whatnot. And, and the wife like got very aggressive and very violent. Very aggressive. Like, yes, his current wife, it's his wife, right? Current yeah, his current wife. Is it's his second wife. The exact kind of person you would expect to be married to Johnny Damon. They were expecting five star service. And they oh, were. yeah. And yeah. they were, <laughs> and they're at the, on their last day, they're so hungover and they're, they're like, I'm Actually, but given what we were like paying, we like this was like not cute. And you're like, you guys were awful this yeah. entire time. Yeah. Joao had to get out of bed and put on his uniform to come out and break up the fight. Yeah. Oh my that god, was happening. he you like fully had yet. and like no. because t- because like this, it's like all showy and status and stuff. He was like running towards him in his pajamas. Oh no! Stopped, turned around, threw on his uniform, and then came back out. Like it would be so crazy for him to like come out and deal with them in his pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> to see like how much it would be to rent a boat like that. How much is it? I can't remember. Uh, what. They uh, yes, how m- we did do this because part of the reason why was because was so we were this summer we were as you know because mm-hmm. you watched the dogs. Yes. We went to Italy and met some friends there. And our version of this is to rent a very small, rinky-dink uh, plastic like boat uh-huh. with, an out- <laughs> with an outboard motor. And we would like zoom out to like look at these yachts in yeah. person. And so a bunch of oh. us were like, like how much would it cost yeah. all of us to rent one of these things? I think it w- was it like two hundred and fifty thousand, something like that, for the week. For the I think week? it was. I have I to look it up. You get sixty percent like off if you're on the show. Oh really? So the guests oh, this book is good they they book See, the you yacht. Get on the show first. Guys. You book it, and you then they call the you, and they yeah. say, "Yeah, you could totally get on the show." I then they call you, and they go, "We're filming." You. Sorry. I was actually going to ask you, let's go. Who <laughs> do you think would be the most likely person that would invite you to be part of their like charter? Joe Thomas. Yeah, and I was I was going to say like Joe Thomas or like Reggie Bush, but if like Reggie Bush was on below deck med, you could go. Oh my god! Right? MJD would. MJD would be a good yeah, one. Yeah, Colleen has a lot of options. You're ram- <laughs> you got to be angling for this. You're very well connected Rams friend. Steve Smith maybe. Yes. <laughs> what about you, John? Who would be like the most likely person that would get you Dave on the show? Uh, yeah. yeah it would 
be like Dave the Greek. Um, <laughs> I, I got lost here. I went down a, a rabbit hole on how much it would cost to rent these boats. And yeah, it's about 200K, it looks like, per week, depending on... And how many people? So Sirocco Imagine. is 180 euros per week. Oof, that's So yeah, so it's going to be north of 200,000. Yeah. But 60% off. But 60%, 60% off. 60% I mean, like, off. we're basically there. Yeah. <laughs> I, think we, I think we already rented it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Catch us on the next season. Going? It's going to be fantastic. In my mind, I was like, that's not that much. And then I was like, that's like a down payment on a house. That's a home. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, like that's a If home. I went on a boat like that, I would be so consumed with the dynamics of the crew that I almost wouldn't yeah. be able to enjoy myself. I like, could see I that happen. Don't so you? It's, it's so funny yeah. you say this. Don't you also think it's insane? I mean, we can't assume that everybody who is a charter has seen the show and would have that same fascination. I know I would. But isn't it wild that they tell them there are cameras there and they still act so remarkably uncensored and so embarrassing. Yeah. Like these people just embarrass themselves by saying crazy shit. Do you remember there was one on this recent season where it was like a bunch of women on uh, like a girl's trip yes. and they get drunk at dinner and the one who's like the main charter, she was like, waste and she goes, do you guys remember when I was married and I had that like super sick house? That was cool. <laughs> and it's like just a bunch of divorcees, like drunk and like publicly being so sad about their. It was like just so strange. And there's people throwing up on like oh, the yeah. guests and like, or excuse me, the guests throwing up on like the crew. It's yeah, bananas what it's these people like do. What if that is them on their good behavior? Oh. What if that yeah. is them knowing that there are cameras around and they've dialed it back and that's what it is? Yeah, I believe that. I believe <sighs> people with that much wealth or power. I mean, like, if you just look at how people openly treat their assistants in Hollywood who are actual human beings who could, like, retell a story of something that happened, they don't give a fucking shit, <laughs> you uh -uh. know? They're not going to lose their money or anything. Like, th I think once you... I think... If you have that much wealth that you can actually afford to go on this and not think twice about it, you're not concerned with how people are going to perceive you on that yacht. You know what I mean? That's yeah. true. Yeah. And some people seem a little showy, too. Like, one guest asked to have a birthday for her stepson that was decorated with sex dolls. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a lot. That yeah. was the Queen of Versailles, right? Yes, that yeah. was the Queen of Versailles. Did you guys watch the trailer for that documentary? It's no. dark. I didn't it's know really there was dark. A so she, they called her the Queen of Versailles because this guest was uh, famous for building like the biggest mansion in the world in Florida. Mm -hmm. It was oh like nine hundred square feet. Yeah, it yeah. was insane how many square feet it was. And uh, but while she's building it, uh, it's in like the middle of the two thousand and eight crash. Mm -hmm. And so her husband ends up like basically lying to her about how much money they have and she just keeps building the house oh no. it's just it's nuts but she was she was crazy on the on her trip she bought a thirty thousand um, dollar butterfly ring <gasps> ah, yeah this that's was right the one about the daughter outside yes we're looking at what were what happened something happened they were so that was a good June example yeah there. so that the best example of like why What's interesting about the show, I think, is that picnic. Because this guest requested oh, yeah. a picnic on top of, like, a castle yes. in Nice. Yes. yes, yes, that was it. Yes. And they were like, you just get to go off board and you get to go shopping. Meanwhile, there's four of the crew, like, hiking up this mountain as fast as they can with all of this, like, picnic tables and umbrellas and all this food. And June forgot the utensils the most important thing and i was like arguably. screaming at the tv and it's like you get to watch the drama of them like fighting with each other about who packed the utensils or not the uber rich guests are shopping and purchasing a thirty thousand dollar butterfly <laughs> ring and then they the guests like slowly start walking up while the crew is like still panicking and that butter uh, actual butterfly landed on the woman's <laughs> finger right. the queen of versailles and she was so blown she was like can you guys believe it? This butterfly landed right on my thumb. And then she's stopping the crew members while they're setting up <laughs> to individually. She'll be like, Colin, Colin, a butterfly came and landed on my thumb, right on my thumb. And they're all like, yeah, no, we know. We've got some shit to do because we're setting up your goddamn picnic. And then they have their picnic for like four minutes. And then they're like, it's hot up here. We're going to go back. Can you have them like throw up some burgers for us? It's 
it's so insane in that one day to watch the difference between the day of the uber rich guest and like the crew and then the forgetting the utensils and being like you idiot yeah. i just love it and all. it was like uh hannah and anastasia mm-hmm. and i forget who else were like back on the boat just yeah. chilling having yeah. like a them day oh, yeah. yeah that's right they like that's totally right. mismanaged how many day. people needed to be out doing the picnic can we talk about how great um, Hannah's skin and boobs are? Really good. <laughs> they all have great skin. Yeah. But yeah. Her skin is good. John's like, like, not me. Nope. <laughs> you can no, go I'm, I'm going to get me tooed right off this podcast. <laughs> no, thank you. Okay, it's like that Mediterranean air or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I don't know. It's like glowing all the time. I think she's beautiful. And I think she like handles her shit too. I didn't see the previous season where she had problems with Captain Sandy, but her being like, when Mila was like, oh, are you the chef? And she's like, I've literally had to not bring out your meals like several times to do not come for me right now. And I was like, good for you, Anna. Great job. (laughs) Um, What did she have like an issue with Captain Sandy the season before? Does anyone know? Hannah constantly has issues with with people. Yeah, Uh, I think that there was like a little little residuals heat from the previous one and and that carried over a little well, bit. Hannah was like involved Great. with one of the uh deckhands the season before and so yeah. she was like yeah. kind of in and out of like a messy little like thing with him and I guess Captain Sandy was pissed because Hannah wasn't like really doing her job. Like she was yeah. like what the hell? And it's a hard job. Yeah. And then when she finally brought on like a bunch of like dance like local dancers or something, Sandy <laughs> was like, "Oh my god, look at you. Look at your <laughs> potential." Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of Captain Sandy, uh, I guess like 20 minutes ago, news just broke that she had a heart attack, but she's fine. <laughs> but it happened two years ago. Sorry, Fredo is usually pretty sleepy when we do the podcast, but he seems to be very excited by meeting he's John and Colleen. He's a big Below Deck <laughs> fan. He is so going much. crazy for Below Deck. He's just doing, you know, a little playful. Fredo, take a nap. Um, come here, buddy. Uh, so <laughs> I read the article just as we started, and she said two years ago, she had a heart attack um, at a Soul Cycle class. And she probably in first place. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) She literally felt like she she was like, okay, I had tingling in my left arm and I was dizzy. And then she got off the bike because she didn't want to disturb anyone in the class and like just quietly like slinked out to the street and she couldn't walk. (gasps) And instead of calling. Sorry, hold on. Fredo, come on, buddy. Um, Instead of calling an ambulance because she didn't want to disturb the class with sirens, she called an Uber. <gasps> and the Uber driver, like, took her to the hospital and was screaming, like, this woman's having a heart attack. Are like, please help me? her. Yeah, but she said she, the only reason why, because I've heard a, a lot about how, like, heart disease presents itself differently in women than men. Yeah. And how, like, the classic signs of a heart attack are actually just based on men. Um, and so she was like, because my friends, you know, do charity for women's heart health, like I knew the signs for a woman and I don't think I would have known, uh, had I not like had that information. I'm like, oh my God, what a badass. Yeah, she's a complete badass. We also have to note that that wonderful retelling of that whole story was while Fredo was hanging by your arm from his teeth. Like, you might be bleeding. And I was like, wow, what amazing poise she has. She's a professional. This is, she is, she's a total professional. It's like all three of us are just still sitting here listening to her, and I'm like, Fredo is ripping her <laughs> arm off. I don't know. He, I guess my arm is more tasty than his chew toy, but that's okay. The heart attack it. symptoms, though, that is that is serious because I've been very keyed in on it mm-hmm. too about like the differences between like men and women. And over the season, I had to do a couple shows that like started at three o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. and so I drank an insane amount of coffee <laughs> to mm-hmm. just like stay up and have all this energy and then I got home the one day and started googling heart attack symptoms in women because I was so hopped up on caffeine so Sandy I think is a great poster child for just knowing all the signs yeah knowing about that yeah I I thought you were about to tell me about like your heart attack (laughs) symptoms like unreported until now I was worried. Disturb you. You were writing. (laughs) (laughs) You're like Captain Sandy. You're like, I don't want to disturb the class. I'll take care of it. Oh, I'm so the opposite. I would be like, stop the class. Stop the class. (laughs) I am so attention seeking. No matter what Tony was doing, I'd be like, I think I might have had too much caffeine. (laughs) (laughs) Pay attention to me. With Captain Sandy, is incredible. She's like, Nah, I got this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No, I've got the heart attack. I'll take care of it. No, I got it. I don't bother anyone. She seems so uh, just like efficient and calm and zen yeah. and like 
Well, thoughts. But also, like, down for, like, a good time. Like, sometimes the charter guests are like, will you eat dinner with us? And she's like, I'll absolutely eat dinner with you. (laughs) And, like, takes a seat. And you're like, fuck yeah, Captain Sandy. I think she would be an incredible hang. (laughs) Thoughts and prayers to Captain Sandy. I Mm -hmm. hope you recover uh, speedily. And I can't wait to see her on the next season. Wait, this happened two years ago? The no, heart attack? No, no, just happened. Uh, she just told everybody that she had Oh, one. but we don't know uh, how long ago I happened. think it was two years ago. Oh, yeah. okay. So I got like it now. Um, anyway. Well, so this is why, I, unless I missed it, uh, unless I missed it, I don't think that there was a reunion episode no. this no. season, which I needed to know more about what happened with Captain Sandy. I also need, we haven't, uh, not to like, take over your commandeer your show but i need to know whether or not jack and uh asia are still together yeah i can't believe they ended up like rooming together too that would yeah. be weird i think yeah that's extremely close, close quarters, quarters. Yeah. like you know like and and for you to start your relationship that way yeah. in like what's essentially a broom closet and be like all right we're gonna live on top of each other for however many weeks like yeah imagine if like you know a cup like a week in you're like this is not working out and I am and now, now in this room with him for the rest of the season yeah the rest those of this beds charter. also are like I don't even think you could like bring your leg up to your side while you were sleeping yeah. like they're so narrow I don't yeah logistically I want to very see tough on a relationship Captain Sandy's <laughs> room they never show her room yeah and it's got Gotta be a nice in between between the like tiny tiny quarters for the crew and the gigantic suites for the guests. It's got to be something nice. something nicer, right? I would hope so for hand for Sandy's sake. It's got to be. <laughs> yeah. <for laughs> so sure. she I put it. in our Jack and and then immediately Asia from Below Deck still together came up as the top Google search. Mm-hmm. The <gasps> result, unfortunately, no. Yeah, Asia and Jack's fairy tale romance did not have a happy ending. No, we split up. Jack shared uh, an update on their relationship during the Below Deck Med season four after show clip above. Oh, Oh, man. All right. I really thought they were going to make it. She has such an infectious, funny laugh. I liked her a lot. And at first, I thought I wasn't going to. I was like, okay, this is a girl who's like just one of the guys and says crude things. But she was so funny and had such an infectious way of talking with that accent that I can't really do. My but favorite, and Taylor can do a lot of accents. Yeah, but she uh, is hard. My favorite thing she said was, I would rather watch Gilmore Girls than give a blowjob any day. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wouldn't we all? Wouldn't <laughs> we all? Um, I have two questions to sort of wrap this up, and they both have nothing to do with Blow Deck. Uh, first, I would like you guys to share as the first couple, uh, married couple, sorry, Mike, uh, on the <laughs> podcast. Mike was like very mad that I said you were the first couple. He's like, we were on together. I'm like, yeah, but I'm the host. <laughs> so I'm not interviewing a couple. Classic anyway, Mike. Classic um, Mike. Share how you guys met because it's we're a very pro Philly podcast and it's a very cool Philly story. It's an incredibly romantic it. story. Yeah. <laughs> Colleen? In the, in the most romantic mm-hmm. spot that I could ever imagine. So picture a room filled with naked people that you don't really want to see naked. And then in the middle of that room <laughs> is someone who has clothes on. Wow. And that was John. We met in the Eagles locker room. Oh, wow. <laughs> yep. You so don't want to see Eagles naked? There's a lot of... Do you want to see John Runyon <laughs> naked? Because okay, that's no. someone I did not want to see naked. <laughs> so <laughs> people... And, th- and that, I think, is like one of like the most misunderstood things about what we do. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, you know, it must be for the for the women, it must be like so titillating or something. No. Or for the guys, <laughs> it must. I'm like, no, it's awkward for everybody. It's awkward for the athletes. Yeah. It's awkward for both men and women reporters. Yeah, to, no to, one likes to it. To be around people who you have to wait until they come out of the shower and put their pants on to put a microphone in and their And like face. lotion mm-hmm. up because yeah. they all like lotion Strange. up there too. No. Like, oh no. So I'll be just like, having a regular conversation with John about like what we need to pick up at the grocery store yeah. on our way home from the locker room. And I'll be like, hey, can we just like switch spots real quick? Because there is somebody Big very, Nick is very, behind very you. naked yeah. right behind your head. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. It's know? so weird. I Like the only sport I really played was I was a figure skater. Mm-hmm. So it's not really like a locker room right. sport. So the first time I was in a locker room was when I started working and it was like in professional sports and it was like the first time I went was the Eagles locker room and I was like this is wow the weirdest thing I'd never been like a college locker room I'd never done anything like mm-hmm. that it, wow. I didn't even take gym class in high school oh my I got god for figure skating oh, wow. so you just were like what is this room like, what is <laughs> happening in here Jesus Christ <laughs> 
That is really wild. I never went to the gym. Like it was. What just did you guys say different. to each other? Were you just like, hey? So the other thing that's misunderstood about our gig is that you like you're in the locker room and you must be spending a hundred percent of your time talking to athletes. Ninety four point whatever percent of the time is spent talking to each other because mm. you're just like waiting for them to free up. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I mean, like you ha just have a lot of conversations with other reporters. And you get to know everybody on the beat really well yeah. because it's the same people in the same places every day. And you're just killing time waiting for somebody to come out that you need to talk to. And usually everybody is waiting for the same somebody that they need to talk to. And so mm. you all just gather in the middle of a locker room and just like talk shit. Yeah. And also like for for anybody who's listening who knows anything about Philly sports media, like short list of people I'd want to spend a long time talking to, Colleen, right at the top of that list. Oh, that's so sweet. So the bar was low is what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. No, yeah. But boy, she cleared it. She really cleared it. Colleen's very fabulous. Uh, and she set a high bar for ladies everywhere. So, um, and then the second thing I wanted to ask and this is a direct jab at my boyfriend. Um, <laughs> he thinks, John, that someday he'll be famous enough to play in the All-Star Weekend Celebrity Game. Okay. What do you think about that? 1,000% <laughs> on board with it. I have told you and Mike before that I am eagerly anticipating you your rise to stardom. I think you guys are incredible and smart, and it's just a matter of time. So I can't <laughs> wait for this to happen. I think, yeah. first of all, I don't think it's just going to be him uh -oh. in the celebrity game. Oh. I think it's going to be both of you guys in the celebrity game. Oh and then God. you guys are going to bring us on Below Deck. Yes. Yeah! Yes, oh to answer God. your question, who's most likely to get us on a boat? It's you guys. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I think you guys have yes, some other yes, yes. <laughs> candidates who are further along. But okay, um, thank you so much. That's so awesome. Can we plug all the fabulous things that you guys are doing? Where people can find you? You have a Twitter. Yeah. You have a show. Everything. Uh, NFL Network. I'll be at the combine. I'll be at the draft, and then uh, I'll be on Twitter and Instagram at Colleen Wolf. There you go. Uh, yeah, uh, at John Gonzalez on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram or anything else because social social media is a scourge. Mm -hmm. uh, but you can listen to the Ringer NBA show Heat Check podcast every I Monday. I listen all the time. Colleen, number one fan, <laughs> totally knows that it exists. Uh, <laughs> and then I write words for a living for the Ringer.com. It's a good site. You should check it out. Yes.